This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your first stop for the best in Western style. And by the way, you don't have to be into the Western look to grab a good looking pair of boots. I recently got a pair of ostrich skin round tip boots, and I'm warm with my suit. These boots are so versatile that I can throw them on with a full head to toe suit. And Anthony Smith came right up to me and he's asking me where I got them. Well, I told him the only place to get them, Tacovas. And they have a seasonal limited edition offering. It's right now, this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, accessory, and more. My wife just surprised me with the ostrich wallet and a belt for my birthday, in case you've seen me. I feel like I look pretty sharp in it. I truly do, and Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style, plus their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary beverage or two, and shop for new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it into the store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-B-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and they ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your favorite pair of boots today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chale. That's mintmobile.com slash chale. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chale. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. I hope you guys had a great weekend. We've got a great show lined up for today. I'm going to update you on the latest from the Chicken Sandwich Wars and Michael Bisping Conor McGregor feud. Plus, I'm also gonna ask a big question about Francis Ngannou. But before all that, I wanna start with what we saw this weekend because guys, we might have a new star in the UFC. Well, I'm on board. Patty the Batty, I'm on board. A lot of things happen. Is Patty, is Patty now the new cash cow for the UFC? Because there is a place in entertainment, in all forms of entertainment, where somebody can be chosen, where the bosses will pick it and stick it in your ass, and you will accept it. 
in all places. I can remember when Hollywood did it with Seth Rogen, where they just came out one day and they informed us, this is the funniest new guy on the block. Which would be highly debated, considering he has a hard time making anybody laugh. But Hollywood, they just picked him. This is the guy. And they had done that before a number of years earlier with somebody who was wildly entertaining named Jim Carrey. But they picked him. He didn't work his way up. He didn't prove it. This is the new guy. You're going to take it. Here's the new king of comedy. But they will do that all the time. They will do that with action heroes. Right? I can remember in my day, biggest action hero star, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he passed that baton. It, we thought The Rock was going to jump in there and do it. The Rock preferred to do other things, not only action. Matt Damon stepped in there for a minute. Vin Diesel and Jason Statham, I mean, they, they, they've always been trying to search for the next Arnold Schwarzenegger. They haven't found it yet, but they still annoyed it at all the same. Tom Cruise at one point stepped forth and said, I'm the guy. I'm the new action hero. And people go, well, you know, you're, you're five foot two. And Tom's like, I can work through it. I understand how cameras work. I'm the new action hero. And for a while, Hollywood accepted it. With the box office and the numbers to support it. The only point I'm trying to... Pr- they will just tell you one day. Every industry gets the right to play this card with one person. It's the way entertainment works. Bring in a singer who's not better than than a person that does karaoke at at your local club on a Thursday night. But they will tell you, this is the new guy. And they'll do it for each genre. This is a new country star. This is a new pop star. This is a new rock star. This is... They will do it. And you... Okay. They can only do it once. They can only do it with one person at a time in each field. But they can still do it and just force a star on us. Is Patty going to get that nod because start with the performance guys when you're in the position that patty's in you are going to underperform you might win you probably won't you might win but you will underperform eddie alvarez when he came to the ufc just for example the debut was tough regardless of outcome hector lombard regardless of outcome performance was tough Randy Couture was named the natural. The reason they gave him the name the natural is on his first night, he could go do it. He just didn't have those first-time performance jitters. But that was shocking. It had never been done before. They called him the natural. It's a moniker that stuck for three decades. Just to remind you where that came from. So Patty goes out. Did he underperform? For one. You guys that know Patty, you tell me. Most of us that got exposed to him think, oh, no, he looked great. But maybe that's not the case. Maybe his trainers, maybe himself, maybe his parents, people that know him very well, his loyal fan base, some of you. No, that's not the best Patty I've seen. As good as he looked, he's even better than that. Well, that would be exciting. That would be very interesting. And then for some reason, there's something interesting about him. He doesn't come off as a jerk, though he has something to say. He doesn't come off as a heel, though he's not pleasant to everybody. He's a bit of an everyman. I mean, that haircut and the bangs, there's something there. I know plenty of guys that have used their hair as a way of getting themselves attention. They've shaved it on the side, or they grow the mullet in the back when that's not a thing, or they, they shave something. I don't think he's doing that. I think he's just a guy that has a bad haircut, but maybe he doesn't know, which is really interesting. For some reason, that in of itself is interesting. Turns out he's damn good. He's throwing out names like Conor McGregor. He apparently has the mandate of a country behind him. It's not this one yet. It's not It's not USA yet. But he's doing business here and performing here. That could change. And if that does, now you have two countries behind you on different continents. I mean, right, there's a way to get things done really, really quickly. Looks like Patty's on his way. And I got to tell you, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it myself. There, there's, there's something here. It's not identifiable, though. If I was to use somebody like Francis, I'd go, he's a monster. I, Brock Lesnar. I could tell you specifically, right? Brock didn't say a whole lot. He, he, he had a, a real mystique about him. He had a real allure because of the mystery. But I could do that with each guy. I could go to Connor. and it, I mean, I could tell you. From the sunglasses to the bow tie to the, the funny things. We could all do that. I don't know what it is about Patty yet. I don't know. He's not an interview that, oh, you got to hear this guy's interview. But I do want to hear his interview. And I don't know that he has a fighting style unlike anything I've ever seen. But I do want to see him fight. 
And I don't know if he's going to come through the rankings and all of a sudden headline shows, but if he does, I'm going to tune in. I can't do you any better than that. I don't know if he's a heel or a face. By the way, I thought Patty the Batty was a heel. I mean, they call him the Batty. The Batty. Isn't, isn't that bad? Bad guy? Bad? Heel? I'm not sure he is a heel. I don't know what he is yet. I don't know enough about him. But I'm interested. I don't know a lot of guys I could say that about. There's something going on with this guy. <laughs> Right? They said this about uh, a great comedian. Oh, I'm looking at him in my head. Created Seinfeld. Does a show right now called Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David. True, brilliant man behind camera. It factor. And they say that about him. You know, that he's bald and he's skinny and he's old. There's something about this old, skinny, bald man. And they're right. It's something. I can't identify it, but I'm not looking away. It's the best analysis I can currently give you of Patty and the character and the gimmick. And he genuinely has me fooled. Of is it a gimmick? Start with the hair. Hair is artistic. Hair is an expression. It, there's something there. And he is telling a story with it. But what's the story? Does he just not know? Because that that would be very endearing in all fairness. If he didn't know that's just a really bad haircut, he that, that would be really endearing. I think we would sympathize to that, but that would also put him in the babyface category. Let's start with the hair. Let's start with the hair and build from there. But my analysis? I'm in. I'm looking for opponents for Patty the Batty. And by opponents, I just make to throw to you guys. Hey, what do you think of fill in the blank? So I look at the likely names and where I went, they brought up 15 guys. After studying those 15 guys to then, I was going to pick three names. Throw them at you, do a little multiple choice. Who would you like to see from here? And I'm sure of the three that I would identify, I at least found the one that you want. Somewhere within my three. Guys, it's none of them. It's none of them. Unique spot. Good spot. Use that spot. And Patty has something that scares every fighter away. It's happened this way from the beginning of time. Where guys go into panic mode no matter how good they are. Even the guys, even the boys that are doing it. Even those names that had a number next to them on the the 15 that I just referenced for you. Don't want to fight somebody who has big expectations coming with them. The fellow fighters look at that and don't know how to handle it. How do I handle a guy that I might have to be at a press conference with that's going to make me look like a fool? How do I handle a guy that's relatively unknown and we haven't decided as a community yet if he's a badass or if he's an interesting weirdo and I might lose to him? Like It's always been one of these things that sticks the guys in the top 15. Sugar Sean went through it. He is through it. He, Sean's through it. But he went through it. Where getting those guys' attention was very difficult to do. Now that Sean has something they want, which is a beautiful placement on a car, now all of a sudden, I mean, the, right, it's changed. Like I said Sean is through it and they're coming to him. But Sean can turn them away. Sean can keep fighting unranked guys. He can fight only guys that have yet to be signed yet. He could make a whole gimmick and a whole shtick out of the fight, just like the one that he just had. He could. He could. Could only get away with that for so long, but he could for a period of time. I mean, I can't think of an experiment that I have enjoyed more as a straight-up gimmick in a recent period of time than Hazmat Shemaev. Week after week and floating between weight classes and anybody and however it works out. I mean, that was just, that was great. It was organic. It was unplanned. It was real. It was unique. And there are some guys that fall into these weird categories just on accident. And I think that Patty's in one right now. I do not think that I get any more bump from you guys. I don't think that I get an anticipation in your stomach more if I tell you Patty's going to fight Hangman Hooker 
Or if I tell you Patty's going to fight, I don't even tell you who the opponent is. And I just tell you it's in three months, tickets go on sale tomorrow. I don't think. I don't think I can build a bigger anticipation. It's unique. It's very original. And generally, guys, that we've seen that get a favor, it goes the opposite way. You guys remember when Conor McGregor was getting his favors? They called it uh, bringing him along slowly, to use a quote. But do you remember that? In hindsight... So Connor fought a bum. He fought his 20-year-old bum that only had a few fights. His name's Max Holloway. Remember when Connor got a real easy fight with a kid from Louisiana named Dustin Poirier? I mean, do you remember that? Where in hind- you look back at what Connor did, you go, oh my God, this was anything but easy. This was anything but helpful. But we still live in that same reality where if you're, na- if you're not in the top 15, you're then therefore an easy match, which you're not. But that's how you're going to be looked at. So it's one of those interesting spots where I don't I don't have three names. I tried to. I planned to bring you three names. Multiple choice, just hear who you wanted to see Patty take on the most. But the list that popped up in front of me was the rankings of one through fifteen. As I look at the top guys, there was none of them. Not only could I not come up with three, there was none of them. None of them worked as much as an absolute unknown, which is who, in my own mind, I compared this to. Okay, I'm gonna see Patty. Go against the hangman. I'm going to see Patty go against Chandler. I'm going to see Patty go against Gaethje. I'm going to see Patty go against Islam. Or, or, would I rather see Patty against a guy who's not yet in the top 15, who I know is damn good because he can get a contract with the Ultimate Fighting Championship, that I'm not totally familiar with. I can get to know both of them, which is a recipe no promoter wants what I just said. That is the opposite of what you're looking for. Unless you have the right A-side. Unless you got Sean O'Malley standing over there, or in this case, Patty the Batty. It's a unique spot. It's a rare opportunity. What do you do with it? How do you market that? How do you build it? My suggestion, because I wanted Sean to do this, was to hit everybody in the face and refuse to fight anybody in the top 15. That's what I wanted. That was going to be my evil side. But I also watched guys refusing to give him the opportunity that he should have had for a guy that's got a big, beautiful record of 14-1. 14-1, according to the Nevada State Athletic Commission. 14-0, according to the Sugar State Athletic Commission. It depends who you ask, right? We're splitting hairs here. Interesting spot. You want to know who I want to see Patty fight? I don't have the name yet. But you don't have it either. I want to see Patty take on another guy who's either 1-0 at a max or has yet to be signed yet. Never spoke those words. I mean it. I've thought about it. That's who I want to see Patty fight next. So besides Patty the Batty, several other storylines emerged from Saturday night. Coming up in a moment, I'll tell you about the main event and why I haven't lost my love for Darren Till. But before we get there, here's a quick word about today's sponsor, Element. Let me tell you guys a recovery drink I've added to my post-workout routine. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with tons of sodium, potassium, and magnesium. You might be saying, tons of sodium? Well, yeah, we don't realize it, but when we sweat, sodium is the first electrolyte we use. Electrolyte imbalances can cause symptoms like headaches, cramps, fatigue, and weakness. It's not the best feeling when you're trying to get in a daily solid workout. Whether you're in the wrestling room or hitting the pavement doing a run in the summer heat, everyone needs their electrolytes. What I appreciate most about this product is it's formulated with everything you need and nothing you don't. None of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I was pleased to find out that Element is the exclusive hydration partner to Team USA Weightlifting and many other Olympic athletes. Navy SEALs use it, moms and exercise enthusiasts. Everyone needs their electrolytes. I drink Element almost every day to recover after my workouts and when I don't, I can feel the difference. Element has a very special offer for my listeners only. Order a free Element sample pack and you only have to pay for the cost of shipping. That's it. Claim your free sample pack at drink 
lmnt.com slash chael. That's D-R-I-N-K, lmnt.com backslash chael for your free sample pack. Till versus Brunson, guys, here's what happened. I have to start, I got to come to you from a different position because my appreciation for Darren Till did not diminish one bit. It did not diminish a single bit. Darren Till did some things very good in that fight. Look, if you get overwhelmed, since they've set that octagon up in 1993, there is nothing that is true today that was true then, except if you get a guy down and you keep him there, if you can take a guy down and bludgeon him from there, that is one thing that has transcended times. It is the one constant in commonality that is still real in the sport. If you can get on top and pound, you got to know what you're doing. you got to be wildly skilled to stop the armbars, to find the positions, to posture up uh, the way that Brunson did, to move and advance the way Brunson did, beat the knee, drop the elbow, crucifix position at one point. But the position is still the same. You throw a guy down and beat him up, you're going to do very well. And I bring it to you because Till got up at one point. Till went down easier than I thought Till would go down. Till's defense is generally, it, it's harder. It's He has more of a resistance. Once he gets down, you're going to keep him there a little bit. That's a, that's a common for the, the few guys that can get on top of him. To advance and do position. Okay, great. Great for Brunson. I'm speaking from a different point, which is, I didn't think Till looked bad. And I realized he didn't win a minute of that fight. But he hung in there. He dealt with adversities. He was exhausted. He's got a guy on top of him pounding. His eye hurts. His nose hurts. His ribs are busted. He was still pushed. I thought Till looked great. I enjoyed Darren Till. I really did. And my interest in Till has not diminished one bit. How much I would want to see Till's next fight has not diminished one bit. Does that surprise you? Or are you guys there with me? Because once you compliment Till... And once you see the things that he worked through, that's when you can really give Derek his due because Derek was awesome. And I got to tell you, there was a a little bit more to this for me because nobody's ever helped Derek Brunson. Nobody. I've never done him a favor, and I've had the chance. I could come over and build him up in a different way to you guys. I've never done it. I haven't seen any media that's unlike me. I haven't seen anybody do Derek Brunson a favor. The fights that he gets are wildly difficult. His placement on the card is now beautiful and has been for a period of time, but it wasn't always. By example, when Brunson fought Anderson Silva, Brunson beat Anderson. He lost the decision. He won the fight. That wasn't a main event. That wasn't even a co-main event. But when I look back, I go, wait a minute. you got to fight Anderson Silva, and you don't even get co-main event status? No one has helped Derek. He has done this all on his own. And he's now won five fights in a row, which is some kind of a record. I don't know where it would put you in the top 10. Is that a top 10 for current? Is that a top 10 for all time? Is it a top 10 within the middleweight division? I don't know, but you win five fights in a row, particularly right now. You qualify for some kind of a record. I know that much. And if you go back, you know, talk about he's won five in a row. Well, go look at the one that threw him off. It was to the champion of the world. He was fighting the baddest dude in the world, but we didn't know it at the time. So he had to fight Anderson Silva. He doesn't get a main event. He's got to fight Izzy Adesanya. He didn't get a main event. No one has done anything for Brunson. But he keeps believing in himself, and he keeps on getting better. And he says stuff before fights. Everybody does. But you never know what a guy really feels, what a guy's trying to convince himself of, what the guy's saying because he thinks it's the right answer. Brunson means it. Brunson truly, his confidence is growing. He is truly getting better. This is a main event guy. I do think for main event guys, they generally get a little bit more due and a little bit more credit than Brunson has got, and nobody's nobody's given it to him. He's now taken it. He took it right from everyone, but no one gave him anything, which is very honorable. And now we find out that Brunson has trained his changing situation, went out to Florida. That's tough. Doesn't matter how good you are, you're the new guy in a room, it's tough. No matter how skilled you are, but you've got to go out and learn a new coach's philosophy and system, there's generally a learning curve. And a learning curve is a very nice way of saying you're not going to do very well for a couple of matches. Win or lose, but your performance, it's going to be tough. 
coaches are grabbing you, they're changing you, you're buying into it, you're trying to learn new stuff. What actually ends up happening is you forget your best stuff. Brunson worked through all of it. He's looking polished. These championship rounds, I realize he didn't see them, but we have in other fights, they're not a problem for him. His body, man, he looks fantastic. He looks in shape, and he's got a positive attitude. One of the biggest things when the viewer sees a guy who is out of his prime or begins to discuss what somebody's prime was or when their prime left, it always gets attributed, always, without fail, to a physical aspect. But the athletes themselves know that isn't true. It's from a mental side. I've used up my excitement, I used up my motivation, I used up my hard work, I'm not doing the same things in the gym, and not because physically I'm too old or I'm too tired or I can't, I'm just not. I lost that motivation, I lost that drive, I don't have hope anymore. Something brought you down and changed the physical side, but we know that it's up here. Brunson is positive. Brunson's happy. Brunson's got a smile on his face 90% of the time, whether he's doing interviews, whether he's doing weigh-ins, or whether he's getting ready for Bruce Buffer to get the hell out of the way. Brunson deserves a ton of credit. Nobody's done a damn thing for him. He did this all on his own, and not for nothing, but he deserves for the story to be told that way. Speaking of the middleweight division, one of the greatest middleweights to ever do it is out running his mouth again. And I'd like to take a moment to tell you whether he's right. Connor vs. Bisping is over. Sadly. I mean, I waited for this for years. I had a backstory that I... Okay. They had their back and forth. It's done. It's actually long done. Probably 10 days now. I bring that to you because Bisping weighed in on Connor going to talk about that, but this was not part of Bisping versus Connor. Very relevant. So Bisping was talking about Connor, and he was just talking about the delusion. The delusion that you must have as an athlete in this sport, and he threw himself in there. He, Michael Bisping, said, Mike, Michael Bisping, I believed I was going to be world champion. I told everybody. No one agreed with me. They thought I was delusional, but this is what I had to do. So what I had to do to get through the training, to keep hope alive, to stay focused, to keep my eye on the ball. Yeah, sure, he's right. Does that surprise any of you? I, I've lived in this so long that, yes, Bisping's 100% right, but we all know it. We never have to point it out. We never have to talk about it. But once Bisping did, I thought, well, you know what? That's interesting. And maybe the audience didn't know that. Maybe you haven't been in something in life where you had to go out there. I've heard other ways of it being said, fake it till you make it, laws of the universe, right? However, however you want to look at it. Bisping called it delusional. It's all the same thing. Fake it till you make it. Being delusional and laws, laws of attraction. I mean, you start tying them together, you're largely having the same conversation. It is very interesting because I'm still Team Connor. I haven't given up. I saw what you guys saw. I had a different interpretation. I saw what you saw when Connor was broken and on the ground and talking about Mrs. Poirier. I understand how out of taste and out of character, I didn't see a guy being a scumbag. I saw an entertainer doing his job before we faded to black and rolled the credits. That's what I saw. I think I have the right to have seen that. And that was my interpretation. And many things that I'm seeing since from Connor, I am lost on the code. I don't like the deleting. The deleting, the deleting throws me off. The deleting, to me, is an admittance of guilt that lacks the courage of an apology. I don't like the deleting. But I can live with it. I mean, that's not all that big of a deal, is it? That's my problem, that he's deleting some things? Come on. That's not a real complaint. So Connor's coming out. He's being, he is being angry, and there is a delusion there. And you guys will know this as the audience, okay? And me too. My career is done. I look back, but now I see other guys where it's over. It's over. The fighter is always the last one to know. And you can look at them at a weigh-in sometimes. You can see them take their shirt off and you can just see it's over. That's not the same guy. The same work has not been put in. The same prime and the genetics and where they run out and start to go the other way, which is very real from a scientific standpoint, where you do have certain hormones that at a certain age and a certain they start to go the other way. Okay, but you can see when it's over. When you see when a guy's shot. 
And that guy can see it too, it, but it takes about two years. It can take three or four fights. For some guys, it's been f- five or six fights. Some guys have called in favors. It's been seven fights. You have a hard time finding more than that, but they're not losing all of them. We've seen guys who are winning fights, but it's over. It's over. Go out right now. Trust me. You got enough money? Okay, ju- go out right now. You got to trust me on this. This is your last night of glory. I promise. But the guy can't hear you. The guy can't believe you're saying this. And there is many times in your career, and here's where one of the problems comes in. You're going to have to have times in your career where you decide what you let in your bubble, and it's not going to be everything, which means you're no longer living in reality. There are going to be things that go so badly and get so off course, that didn't happen. You will block it from your memory. It will have nothing to do with you. You will have that. I have one. I can just tell you, I went on my run through middleweight. I never lost a fight. I never lost a round. I was beaten so handily by Damian Maya, who I full well knew was a welterweight. In truth, he needs to be down a weight class. I blo- I forget all the time that that match ever happened. That's mine, right? Uh, it was my level of delusion that Bisping was talking about, along with some other things. This being is right, where you need to do that. And Connor's in a tough spot. He is. He's injured. I think just for the sake of grace, you give Connor a hand up right now. You don't try to pull him down. But at the same time, it was a loss, which was embarrassing to a brash man who seldomly gets embarrassed. Oh, and by the way, he's hurt. And if you don't like him or he hurt your feelings, you can somehow take a joy in that. I don't know how. I don't know how you take joy in a guy being hurt. I don't know how you take joy in a guy that that worked his ass off, walked out in front of the world in short pants and a mouthpiece, who has to leave on a stretcher, and somehow you're happy about that. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think his words, right, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I think it has to be remembered, particularly if you see it the way I do, which is you have an entertainer doing his job. I could be wrong. I know that I could be wrong. But that is how I'm choosing to view this. That's how I viewed it that night. I did not see any malice or any way a Connor who was alone and down on the mat shouting up to seven trained killers. I don't see how... I thought Connor was the one in the vulnerable spot in the first place. I'm backing up, but Connor is in a different spot, one that we've never seen him in. Trying to come back trying to figure out whatever's going wrong, trying to flip a script, trying to work hard, make adjustments. These are all things that we have seen Connor do, but now you're adding an injury, and it's one thing at a time. Connor has very clear marching orders right now, very clear. It is not a maybe of what do I do tomorrow, what do I do next week, or what do I do next month. It is set for sure. You rehab that thing. You strengthen that up. You talk with your doctors. You stay off it. You get on that bike. You put ice on him. He's got very clear instructions. He knows what is next. And he's trying to deal with it. And he's frustrated. And he's dealing with it in front of us all. Is there some delusion? Oh, yeah, for sure. Is there anything abnormal about that? No. No, there's not. Now, Conor McGregor is, of course, one of the guys I spent a lot of time talking about, and John Jones as well. But someone else that's recently entered the same conversation is the heavyweight champion. But I'm not sure if that's a good thing. And then after that, I'll give you the latest on the Chicken Sandwich Wars. I have no hand in Francis Ngannou's career. But I find myself inserting myself in his business more often than I insert myself in anyone else's business. Why is that? Now, when I talk about Francis, and a number of times it's critically, critically, you're doing this wrong. I look at Francis with an envy. I envy a position that he's in, and I envy where he's going. In that order. 
I do not envy what he's already done. By example, when I look at Frank, I never think, oh, I wish, I wish I came over and I wish I got this start and I wish I came up through the Man, I'm looking at where he's going and it's incredible and I think it's unique. Stephen A. Smith, the night that Francis won the world championship, said this is the biggest thing that has ever happened to the UFC. I saw it the same way. Now, not today. Not the biggest thing has happened. Not somebody just passed up Connor. What's going to happen and the potential and the opportunity is big of a deal as Francis is. And he's big. Francis has four mega fights right now. There's nobody else you could say that about. You could bring Khabib back out of retirement. You could not give four. Francis has four right now that you play in any way you want. And they are going to be massive. And the only difference that two, three, and four have over the one that goes first is they are going to then be bigger. And that's what I'm trying to speak of. This is what Francis is missing. It's what his team is missing. And when I look at him, I look at him with an envy. But I speak to him critically. I feel he is playing checkers when he should be playing chess. I feel that if he could see two and three, if he could stand back and see the big picture, and this is for his whole team, I think that Francis is easily influenced. I think that he trusts his inner circle. Quite frankly, if you look at his story and what these guys have done, man, they're wild successes, but they're still missing this. Got plenty of compliments I can give them. I'm giving the one critique, which is look at the big picture. So many fighters will do this. All, almost all, nothing unique about what Francis is doing. It would just be better if he did it another way. Let me back up, okay? I've jumped around. Let me start putting these pieces together for you guys. What a fighter will do and will always do, it's stopping John Jones. It is the single reason that John is unemployed right now just to offer a name that you would recognize. But many other fighters do it too that just don't have as recognizable of a name as what is next and what is my participation in that? And what happens if I win? What happens if I don't? Let me make sure I hedge. Let me make sure that it's big enough that if it's one night and it's the last night that I can go a period of time. This is the way that they think. If they could think differently, which is as big as Francis is, where Stephen A. Smith, the, the largest voice that covers our sport, went as far as to say it's the biggest thing that's ever happened to the UFC. Massive statement right there. Not sure he's wrong. So take that and now give him a win over anyone. Now take that and give him two. Where Francis is going to be and what I'm envious about, what I look at and go, man, that's cool. You are in a cool spot. Is what he can do with two more wins. And you got to get that clock started. And I get there's things to think about. I get where it gets complicated, which is, yeah, Chael, we agree with you. We need those two wins. Now we got to figure out how the hell we're going to do it. I, I realize what I'm saying. There's some complications here. What I'm speaking to isn't those complications and those conflicts, trying to be strategic and trying to be smart. What I'm speaking to is I don't believe that that's viewed at all. I don't think there's any consideration given by the strategies of his inner circle for what this is going to be a year from now. Use a very simple example, but you're all very familiar with the money that Conor McGregor made fighting Floyd Mayweather. You're all very aware of the money, because it all comes down to money, right? Money gets awkward and uncomfortable to talk about, but this is what we're talking about. It's exactly what we're talking about here. Everything that gets delayed for everything and everybody that ever says it's not about the money, it's always about the money. Okay, okay. But you know about Connor and Floyd, but you also know the money that Connor made in the whiskey business. That was public. You knew at one point you might have forgotten the $4 million that Connor got from the Wynn Casino to show up and do appearances. It was X amount of time, and they're piggybacking on the UFC, so they're flying him out anyway. Connor's going to be in town, likes to go out, and he just found somebody that's going to give him $4 million to come hang out at their club. None of that had to do with the unified rules inside the octagon. That all had to do with things that happened outside of it. Because of it, for sure. 
but outside of it. And when I get envious of Francis and close my eyes and just wish, you guys understand, you've done that with plenty of people, maybe do it with Francis, you wish, I wish that was me. I wish I was in that spot. I wish I had that opportunity. I would give everything back right now just to have your opportunity. Just to be in your age. Physical opportunity, right? Opportunity is, is, is wasted until you don't have it. I didn't appreciate my high school career, but boy, I had eligibility. Freshman through senior year, they were letting me compete. My NCAA eligibility. When you run out, then, then that's when you really start to value it. I look at what Francis has. What Francis can do, what Francis will do, this will happen. I am right. With two wins. My goodness. Having to talk about Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury. Bearing the money of Connor versus Floyd is very realistic. As much of a dream, as much of a pipe dream and silliness of what I just said, that is very realistic with two wins. The doors that would be open for Francis Ngannou, the things that he has not accomplished, set different goals. You now need to have a goal somewhere that they build a stadium for you. You have to. You don't have a choice. They did it for Khabib. If anybody in your sport comes along and does it, you now say, oh, wait a minute, now I got to go do I got to do everything he did. How many t-shirts did that guy sell? Okay, I got to sell more. How many tickets did he sell? Okay, I'm going to sell more. How many times did he defend? I'm going to defend more. As soon as one guy got to be champ, champ, now there's a champ, champ, and Henry Cejudo was talking about champ, champ, champ. Conor McGregor's talking about champ, 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 but that's how it works. It's, it's called competition. You get competitive. And if you overthink your career... If you go paralysis by analysis, not only do you get past and you get forgotten, you get older and you get opportunities missed, you stay unemployed. The opportunities that can come from the octagon are incumbent on you and your management team. The octagon will create opportunity, create an incredible living, create an incredible life. It'll create a dream come true. The opportunities that you take from there, that's where the strategies start coming in. Stephen A. Smith is within his rights to make the bold claim that Francis Ngannou was the greatest thing to ever happen to the UFC. What Stephen A. Smith was not armed with was that Francis was going to hit the emergency brake and stop everything. Stephen didn't know that. He thought he was going to be busy, get back in there, Bring in all sorts of guys. He has four massive fights right now. Nobody has that. He gets one win. Those fights become that much more massive. He gets two wins. You are having very real talks of Francis versus Tyson Fury. Francis doesn't need Tyson. Francis will be the, two wins from now. Francis will be on a totally different side. Could be totally different opponents. The point and the idea and the opportunities and the dollars around it all remain the same. But you gotta keep. You have to keep that train rolling down the tracks. You have to. People forget quickly. I have spent seven minutes speaking about Francis to you, and you guys know about Francis. In those seven minutes. I said something that you knew, but you forgot. You knew that it happened, but you forgot it happened. I had to remind you. Sport is that way, exponentially, where greatness is something people have to be reminded of often. Don't pull that emergency brake clinging to what's next like a checkers player. Play chess. Francis is going to fight Surreal Gone. They know each other. They're similar. They both know something inside that they feel about that fight. What's the worst that's going to happen? You need to be able to ask yourself that, but your team needs to have an answer. And if you're coming down to dollars, guys, I'll tell you this right now. This would be quiet. This is something you keep to yourself, but you know it. If our client Francis Ngano goes out there and he drops the strap, too surreal. Our lives do not ruin. We do a rematch. We're the number one contender now instead of the champion. We're going to fight the same guy with the lessons that we learned, but we're going to do it in front of a bigger crowd for more money. As the kids say, it's all good. 
Everything here is a positive. We can go any direction you want. We just can't pull the emergency brake. We got to move forward. Oh, I like Travis Brown so much. I just read a Travis Brown article. You guys will remember Travis though, right? You gotta have been around a little bit because Travis stopped fighting. He stopped fighting in that 2015, 2016 would be the latest. Husband of Ronda Rousey, Travis Brown. All right, so Travis goes to the WWE. First off, I've met Travis a couple of times in my life. I remember both times I met him. I remember both conversations we had. He could not have been a more likable guy. Um, on top of that, I love his work. I loved to watch him fight. You know, he's the one, don't forget, very few men can say they beat Josh Barnett. Much fewer. I think only one, and it's him, can say they stopped Josh Barnett, and he did it with those, remember those elbows that we'd never seen before up against the fence? But Travis Brown had some great moments. I like his work in the WWE tremendously. They brought him out of the audience. They've had him do some stuff, a couple of run-ins. He's got the size. He's got the look. He underst- He has mastered the psychology, and they don't use him. I don't know why they don't use him more. But I'm reading the Travis Brown article, and I'm waiting on Uber Eats. So, we got a place out here called Dave's Hot Chicken. I think that's a national chain. I think. But it's brand new here in Oregon. There's only one. I'd never heard of it before. So, it's set up real fast food, no drive through but it's real quick. I get it from Uber Eats. And I had tried it one time because I did this Chicken Wars experience with my mom to go around and try all these different chickens. But I wanted to do Dave's a very specific way, which is a way that I generally would not eat and I certainly would not admit to eating generally. But I got a few things from Dave. So you get the chicken. The chicken comes. It's excellent, by the way. And there's like six different flavors you can choose. I went straight in the middle at medium. Comes with a little bit of coleslaw. I would suggest they don't do that, but they do. They put a couple of pickles on there. Then you, of course, have the Dave sauce. And if you if you want to compare it to something you'd be able to relate to more, think of Chick-fil-A and how much you like it, but with the sauce, right? If I told you you can have Chick-fil-A, you go, oh, awesome. If I go, we can have Chick-fil-A, but we're all out of sauce, uh, it's, it's not quite awesome. So Dave's has their own Dave sauce. At any rate, I get sandwich. Now, I got a big problem with the sandwich from Jump Street. As soon as I open it up, which is all they sell in there is chicken strips and chicken sandwiches. They sell absolutely nothing else. Well, they say think the same chicken. If you want a sandwich, take the exact same piece of chicken they throw it between a bun. What's the problem with that? The problem is it's uh, generally a chicken strip is shaped like a rectangle. Generally. I mean, but that cut, right? It's longer, it's skinnier in the middle. That by no means is the shape of a bun. Why would you sell a chicken patty by design that you're going to mass produce and sell to people over and over and not have it in the same size and or shape as the bun? I don't know. I don't know, but this is what Dave's did. So when I ordered, I get a side of mac and cheese. I get an extra Dave sauce. I add um, I add American cheese to it. And I get something called cheesy fries, which are exactly that. They're crinkle cut fries. They melted some cheese on top. They didn't look overly appetizing. They tasted great. I could have used a ranch to dip it in. I like cheesy fries. I don't mind if you put a little bacon and scallion on there. But I need, I want to break it off. I want to dip it in some ranch. Okay. I open all these things up that I told you about. Very unlike me. Oh, by the way, Dave's also, not only is the Dave's sauce very good, and the chicken's very good. It's a very good piece of chicken. Honey. They serve honey with it. I know that you guys have heard, remember when waffles and fries, or chicken chicken and waffles was a really big deal? That largely had to do with the maple syrup and, and the sweetness to that. And many people have figured out that you can take chicken, you can do maple syrup, but you can also do honey. So I open up my bun. I got a little coleslaw on there. I got a little pickle on there. I like the pickle a lot on a fried chicken. I don't know about the coleslaw, but it was on there and I left it. Take my mac and cheese, dump it right on there handful of cheese fries, put it on there. That does two things. That doesn't only give me a fry now on my sandwich. It gives me another layer of cheese. I take the honey, drizzle it on. I take the extra Dave sauce that was 29 cents that I got on the side, dump it on, put my bun, smash it down like a savage and eat this thing. It was the top two burger, a top two chicken sandwich I've ever had. 
Now I could tell you, well, the top hundred chicken sandwiches I've ever had, but they all came from Red Robin. They're all the they're all the teriyaki chicken sandwich from Red Robin. So essentially, that's the same one. Okay, so if we're not going to count every one that I've ever eaten. We're going to call that one. This was the second best I have ever had, and I don't know if you guys have done that. If you've done just a goulash chicken sandwich before, mac and cheese and fries. That's weird, honey. There was a ketchup I put. I mean, this thing was it was great. I recommend it. This whole meal I just told you about was eleven bucks. Got everything I just told you about and delivered to my door, $11. Tip was extra, of course, but I'm just sharing with you. It's very affordable, completely filling. I'm eating this while I'm reading about Travis Brown, who's doing an interview talking about his frustration looking at the rest of the boys that are out there and they're complaining about their contracts. And Travis brought up two things. He said, look, if you're going to complain to the guy that you signed a contract with, I had a problem with that. But if you're not going to take it to him and you're going to do the next thing, which is to go and talk to the media about the guy you signed the contract with, I got a problem with that. And the older guys you talk to, and Travis is barely removed from the sport and doesn't qualify as an old guy, but he is a veteran who is now done and can look back. And the more time you put in between, right? You take an athlete from 2008, took an athlete from 2004, you take an athlete from 1995 the stronger they're going to make the exact same point that Travis made. And there's a piece of it from a psychological standpoint. There's an absolute disrespect and unappreciation for the guys that set the table in the first place and didn't have any of the niceties that today's guys have and complain about. The guys of yesteryear as the sport, as the company, as you, the fans, which create the industry as it all, it just keeps getting better. It just keeps getting better. So then you take these fresh guys that are in just a dream situation for a guy from the 90s, from called his career off in 2005. He will look at that and be, oh my goodness, I can't believe what you're I can't believe what your minimums are. I can't believe the hotels that you're staying at. I can't believe the beautiful vehicles that are picking you up and getting you from place to place. I just couldn't imagine. We didn't even have that. So then when you have a guy from today complaining, the guy of yesterday really has a harder time accepting that. And Travis didn't say that. I told you what Travis said. Now I'm, I'm, I'm adding, adding my own thoughts. But it's good to hear from Travis. I wish he did a little bit more MMA. He left on his own. right? He and Ronda all on their own. I figured they'd come back. They didn't. They closed that book. They went off into wrestling. Seemed to be happy as can be. It's good to hear from Travis. It's good to eat that chicken sandwich. And I'm not macaroni and cheese and fries on a sandwich guy. If you guys have a Dave's Hot Chicken, then you're going to order. It's going to come to your house. Get a side. It's 29 cents. Get a side of Dave's sauce. Consider the mac and cheese and combine them. All right, guys. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, Please head over to Apple Podcasts, find your welcome, and leave a review like Chris, who says, pretty good show, even with some insane opinions. Well, thank you, Chris. I'm going to be back on Friday with more of those insane opinions. So until then, I'm Chael Sun, and thanks for listening, everybody. You're welcome.